0: Lionel is a custodian that longs for more. He cleans at the Generico Corporation along with fellow custodian, best friend and mentor Mr. Grobo. Bombarded with daily disrespect and insults from co-workers, Lionel sets on a trail of revenge and begins to brutally murder everyone in his path. However this killing spree can't satisfy Lionel's true dream. To be the custodian of a house filled with respectful, beautiful, naked college women. When Lionel happens upon a group of sorority girls at his local bar, his dream is finally within his reach. But getting this job won't be easy. The custodial gloves will have to come off in an ultimate showdown, a bloodbath at the sorority house. Filled with intriguing characters, over-the-top humor, blood, guts, and lots of naked women, the janitor is the must-see horror comedy of the year.
1: I'm Corey, And I'm Paul, broadcasting from the from Millville Studios on the Rivers Eds Network. We are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here we review low-budget B-Movies and view, uh, review them as critically as we possibly can. On this
0: week's edition, we bring you The Janitor, the 2003 horror-comedy slasher movie from filmmakers Andy Signor and TJ Nordiker. What you heard at the intro was the back of the box... So let's take a look at the cover art.
1: Okay, so here on the cover art, we've got actually a cartoon version of a bunch of the characters. We've got the um, jan- Lionel the Janitor in the middle holding a human arm, um, looking as crazy as a human being can look. Um, we've got, we've got the... him
0: surrounded by six other characters, um, three women and three men. We've got a sign down in the bottom that says, Warning, People Dying
1: it's kind of one of those um those uh, wet
0: floor signs only with um, pe- warning people dying on it the janitor looks like it's been painted in blood and oh we, we've got my favorite a tagline can you read that tagline for me an epic of custodial proportions oh that just that just hits home right there Sends
1: shivers down my spine
0: so yeah we've got a lot going on on this cover and then with the back we've got uh, we've got four pictures um, one has a red overlay on it. Um, either something's on fire, or... Just like a lighting thing, just, um... Cyclops is shooting them with an eye blast. Yeah, something for effect. Um, you've got women in bras. Always good. Um, a beat-up hand and a blood-soaked face. So, uh, yeah, this looks pretty good here. I like this. Um,
1: Definitely leaves, leaves an impression.
0: But how, uh, how we got this movie, I... I honestly can't remember. I've had this movie forever. The only thing I can remember is it came from media play.
1: Yeah, I remember one day you just kind of showed up at my place. You're like, this is the janitor. It's like, well, we definitely need to watch this one. So,
0: so at first sight, Paul, what what did you think looking at this cover and reading the description?
1: Honestly, I expected this to be um, just some crazy guy killing as many people as he could um, with a slight plot and um, just... A janitor killing people in as many um, ironic janitor kind of ways as possible with plungers, with um, uh, toilet cleaning supplies, um, any way possible.
0: You know, look, Looking at the cover, I see I like blood. We've got some blood. I'm expecting people to die. There is a sign that says, warning, people dying. Yeah, I got that impression too. Custodial goings on. I expect things to get cleaned. I expect things to get dirty. Yeah, just your general janitorial duties. Um, I'm expecting tits. I don't know about you, but on the back we've got women in bras actually one of the women on the cover is in a bra and it says naked women i'm expecting lots of tits here yeah i would have been disappointed if there wasn't Um, judging by the severed hand on the cover i'm thinking dismemberment yeah just him like beating somebody with a severed like arm that would i i was expecting that definitely so on the cover we have seven characters and there's a few more than that so let's get into some character talk here so our first character, the center character is Lionel. And he's a janitor with anger issues, murderous tendency, and he longs to have a better life. And he's our he's our main character. The story revolves around him and what he's going through. He's your all-American hero. You've got Mr. Cornelius Hornsby Grobo that he has faith in the custodial arts. He's Lionel's best friend, he's his mentor. He enjoys erotic fiction and has the most wonderful handwriting I've ever seen a man have.
1: Yeah, that was, that was impressive.
0: We've got Mary, who is the best friend of Lionel's love interest, Hillary. Um, she's just your typical office slut. Every office has one. Then we've got Hillary, who's Lionel's crush. Uh, she, her husband was mysteriously killed in a fire. About a month ago, according to the movie. Um, and then the last... Well, there's a couple more people at the office. We've got Mr. Boulabase, who is the boss of Lionel and the the office crew. And he, he really does seem to care about his employees, even though he comes off as a sarcastic bastard. And he's really obsessed with STDs. Yeah, it's kind of a thing for him. At,
1: at every point in the movie, he's reading a book called... Um... So you've got an STD. It was um, really interesting. We've got um, Agent Page. Um, the um, he was this incompetent FBI agent trying to solve the murders um going on around the office. Then we've got um, Lo- uh, Robbie. He was um, this conceited male boy who was constantly hitting on Mary and the other women. And then we've got the sorority girls. Um, their names really aren't important. They They're were from just...
0: the the Tau New Alpha, the... or TNA. TNA sorority. I see what, what they did there. Uh, we've got The Bartender, who wears some pretty awesome t-shirts and is full of advice for Lionel.
1: I think he had two lines in the whole movie and they were just amazing. It was beautiful. It made me want to cry. I
0: know I did. Uh, we have Willis, who's the new custodian at the office. His favorite song is This Little Light of Mine and his actions suggest that something dramatic happened to him in, as in his childhood and that he is actually a child trapped in a man's body.
1: Yeah, if Lionel was Batman, uh, Willis would have been his Robin. He was um,
0: really looked up to him. It was an interesting relationship. There was the the bum who lived in the alley behind the office building. Obsessed with Asian hookers. And really just was there to torment Lionel. Yeah. And then we have a returning character from Feast. We have the beer guy. Yeah, wasn't it played by the same guy too? It, exactly. It was, yeah, it was that was It was Judah really Friedlander kind of Um, a crossover playing this full of shit guy that delivers and drinks beer and actually i guess he was returning in feast since feast was in 2005 and the janitor was 2003 but yeah i was just kind of taken aback seeing him in this movie i was like whoa beer guy
1: it's amazing how things kind of tie together sometimes
0: all right let's get into some plot points here let's give you a little rundown of the movie So we open up with a cleaning montage. Every movie should have one. Then Lionel gets peed on by one of the office workers and sets him on fire as, you know,
1: reasonable um,
0: kind of result. The boss announces an FBI investigation into the murders at the office. Lionel kills another employee just for laughing at him. Um, He takes out the trash and gets harassed by a bum. Um, Agent Page interacts with Hillary and Mary. Then Lionel gets on a, ready to go on a date with Hillary, only to be stood up. Lionel takes out his frustrations on some graffiti artists, then goes to pick up a hooker, suffers from f- some fever dreams, and then murders her. The semen sample from her body is sent off to the lab to be analyzed. Agent Page announces the semen sample's been found to the office. Lionel and Mr. Grobo set out to stop the sample. Lionel masturbates an unconscious FBI agent to replace the sample. We're at the 30-minute mark. Lionel's hassled by the bum again. Lionel learns of Hillary quitting her job and goes to a bar where he meets the TNA girls. Lionel kills one of the sorority girls' boyfriends. He tells Mr. Grobo of his job offer, and this upsets Mr. Grobo deeply. Agent Page learns of the switch of the semen. Lionel has an interview at the TNA sorority house. Lionel goes back to his old job and tells them that he has a new job. We're 50 minutes in here, folks. Mr. Grobo's letter is found. Willis is introduced. Lionel gets ready to leave and arrives at the sorority house only to find that his job was stolen by Mr. Grobo. There's a topless pillow fight. 57 minutes in. Robbie and Mary are caught having sex in the lobby. Lionel chases Mary through the building and murders her in front of Willis. Then Lionel and Willis discuss plans for revenge. And there's a Willis training montage. 67 minutes in. The sorority party happens. Then, Lionel begins his sorority house slaughter, 16 murdered. Willis tries to save Lionel from Mr. Grobo and ends up getting shot, dying. Now, we have our final showdown with Mr. Grobo at 81 minutes. Mr. Grobo plays his ace in the hole, a kidnapped Hillary. Lionel is powerless. Agent Page arrives just in time and accidentally kills everyone except Lionel and shoots himself in the process. Lionel sees the news of the massacre at the bar and takes Willis's body to bury him, as he requested at the sacred Indian burial ground. Whew! That was just epic. That was,
1: um, that was beautiful to hear.
0: So, did this movie meet your expectations, Paul?
1: Yeah, pretty much, um, that there really weren't that many surprises, um, the back of the movie
0: and the cover really summed it up pretty well, um. Uh, yeah, what I mean, all the characters from the movie, all, all the characters on the cover are actually people in the movie. It matches up, um, but what, it, it says that Lionel just kind of is killing everyone in his path, and he really doesn't. Um, he's not out just to kill everybody. He, he kills people for specific reasons.
1: Well, he kills a hooker for no real reason. He just kind of has um, goes to red and just chops her head off. That was
0: kind of And it seems weird. like, you know, it says it's his dream to clean a sorority house. He doesn't seem too interested in it. Like, he's just glad to get a different cleaning job, whereas everybody he tells about the job is like, oh, <gasps> oh.
1: I think he had some interest in it. He was definitely um it was definitely a job that he was pretty excited to go into. Maybe I think that was the extent of the excitement he could show really. But yeah, he was I think kind he was of just, a murdering psychopath. He was
0: glad to fall into a new job and just the fact that it was a sorority house was a bonus. The fact that there were naked women didn't really hurt. So yeah, that was a pre- pretty good description on their part. So, let's look let's take a look at technical difficulties. How were the special effects?
1: The special effects were, um, considering that what a low budget film this was, um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, we got to see the um, extra features and how they did the blood, um, um, how they got it to just um, spray wherever they wanted. How, um, I mean, it was a low budget film, but um, it was there really all, weren't weren't any like um, it wasn't as ridiculous as I would have expected it to be.
0: It was all old school techniques, and everything was proportional. Yeah, it wasn't outrageous with the blood. the The blood wasn't over the top. Some of the the murders were, and how they went about them, but it, but that was part of the movie. That was and it fit. Of it. They did it. They did it well. Um, there was once again no CGI. I love that. I love when there's no CGI in a movie.
1: Okay, they couldn't have afforded CGI, and I don't think anyone would have known how to do that. Like, I'm not gonna credit them with that just because. Like, this isn't the type of movie that would have had CGI. Like, it was just like what the way they did was
0: great, but like. Let's not pretend it was any bigger than it was. And the, the silliest of the uh, special effects were throwing bodies off buildings and bodies being hit by cars, because you could obviously tell that it were dummies, because the dummies would start falling apart before they would hit the car or before they would hit the ground. Wait, those were dummies? Yeah, those those were dummies. Oh, uh. Pe- people don't flop like Raggedy Ann.
1: Well, now I know.
0: So the effects were pretty good. I liked them. They fit with the movie. E- even the crappy ones it went along with the theme yeah they definitely worked really hard on it like they were um
1: consistent with it they um knew how to do the effects like they definitely had people who who um people who had worked with stuff like that but um st- they're still amateurs to it but um they had um made shorter films that used blood and effects like that so um they definitely had some good people working on this um
0: any plot points any any plot problems did you see any continuity errors or catch anything that you were like oh what's what's going on there
1: The whole movie was basically a what the hell, but um, as far as consistency goes, um, I didn't see any um,
0: things that really stood out. So everything was easily understandable. It was well-paced. I didn't feel like it took too long. This movie was a total of... Hold on, folks. There's writing here somewhere. It was a total of 92 minutes. Now, did you at any point think that this was two hours long like the last movie, Feast?
1: No, this one um, was
0: a lot of fun to watch. I um I actually thought it was only about an hour. So how about uh, camera? Anything with the camera? I mean, it was it was shot on video.
1: Yeah, so. I mean it wasn't the best quality, but um it was a little shaky at times, like um during some of the running scenes, during some of the hallway scenes, it was um a bit shaky, but um I could kind of let that slide. I, with a movie like this, it's kind of hard to tell whether or not they're trying to go for a kind of bad um bad camera angles and um camera effects but um i really don't know and i don't want to say like oh they were going for that because that's just excusing something that shouldn't be excused but um overall it didn't detract from the movie it was still a lot of fun and like i said it was a b movie so the
0: only thing that seems strange to me with the camera when it went to the final fight scene with mr grobo and lionel it seemed like quality dropped a lot it seemed like the frame rate dropped, and I don't know if that was intentional, or they switched film, or or they switched camera types. Their budget ran out at that point. So, that's all I could see with it. The audio. Now, this is my only gripe. There are times that audio syncs up, you can tell it's what was recorded on camera, but there are a lot of times in the movie that you can tell it was dubbed over. Yeah, they even said, um... At numerous times throughout the movie, they um had to
1: dub over because it was really difficult for their um audio to work with that. So um, it definitely didn't look natural. It um the inflections didn't match up with the um emotion with the um actions. Even the um mouthing didn't really work well. But um, and they, I can kind of
0: excuse them. They were all none of them were voice actors. They could have um, worked with that because they did. There was one joke with that um, during the hooker when he was picking up the hooker. The hooker scene. Where, when she asks if he's a cop, they dubbed her voice over with this, like, really deep, manly voice. And it turned into a joke, but they never went back to that at all.
1: Yeah, I I also... But I kind of felt like that was the only time that joke would have worked. Like, um... It was just appropriate at that time. And if they had done that for, like, one of the other women or, like, at any other point, I felt like that would have kind of killed the joke. So, um... So it worked for you. Yeah, it kind of worked. Like, I thought that was a funny joke. I even before I really noticed the dubbing a lot, like, I just thought that that was just a funny joke. I didn't think that really, um, detracted from or, like, made the, um, dubbing more noticeable.
0: So, the acting. What can you say about the acting? Was it good acting? It wasn't the worst acting I've ever seen. Was um, was it really bad acting? It wasn't
1: really bad. It was, um... I think it was,
0: it was overacting at its best.
1: Yeah, definitely at its best. Like, I enjoyed it. I thought, um, Lionel was great. I liked, um, how he's just... He he was just angry the whole time. Like every scene he's in he's just
0: angry, but even when he's happy, he's still angry. Angry and grunting and growling. And you know I'm happy but also angry. Yeah. I feel like everyone who acted in this movie like was like, Let's watch a bunch of Keanu Reeves movies and try to imitate him let's just go over the top
1: but it worked well with the style of the movie i mean if they had been like fantastic actors that would have actually detracted from the humor of it like this was meant to be a cheap movie it was meant to be funny
0: and actually i think that that adds in because i think that the the man that played mr grobo uh bruce cronander i think he was phenomenal
1: yeah i think he did well too he was uh, he's um he's been in a few other things um you saw low budget films but um yeah he did quite well
0: and it, it, like it was, it kind of added to everything that he was in here doing such a phenomenal job, and everyone else was this ridiculous overacting. He did his overacting parts too,
1: but that kind of worked because he was like base. He was um like at one point they show he writes a letter to Lionel, and it's in this really fantastic, fabulous writing, and it kind of went with his style of talking,
0: very like eloquent and very well spoken, even though he's a janitor. Speaking of fabulous writing, I think we must mention that. Mr. Grobo and Lionel do live in a closet together. That is quite fabulous. So, uh, and also the paper was pink and long flowing handwriting.
1: I think we just stumbled upon
0: something. And, you know, Lionel did whack off a dead FBI male agent.
1: Hey, just in time for the Pride Parade this weekend.
0: So, and the other thing about the acting is Lionel's voice every time he talked i'm like oh my god it's batman yeah that
1: was great he was the um batman on a budget and who didn't really stop criminals he just kind of murdered people so not really batman at all but i want to i want to think of him as batman
0: it would be an honor to clean this studio that's just how he talks i drink cleaning fluid for fun it's my mouthwash so any any dialogue problems
1: uh, not particularly. Um, the, the dialogue is pretty good overall. It was definitely well-written for um, a bunch for an amateur film. I, I really enjoyed it. They definitely knew exactly what they wanted out of the film. So I really didn't have many problems with the dialogue.
0: Well then, I think it's about time for a quote war. Quote
1: Alright, Corey, I'm starting with this one. Now, I'm sure the rumors have been spread faster than gonorrhea and a two-dollar
0: whorehouse in St. Patrick's Day, but I'm here to clean them all up. That was from Mr. Boulibase. Good one. Well, you know what? We've got the 411 on that dead bitch's head that was found out on your lawn. Agent Page strikes you back. Ah, that hurt.
1: It's funny. I wake up in a puddle of my own vomit, then I go out with a styrofoam cup. I make a good $45 a day easy, and if I'm lucky, I get a little midget crack whore to give me a blow job. You probably don't make as much as little Ling Ling over there in Taiwan sewing up soccer balls from the bone.
0: Well, you know, I get about 8000 That's before taxes. They give me a free closet to live in. For free. From Lionel. Smoke crack and worship Satan. Bartender shirt. Holy Jesus. I haven't seen anything this awful since the great chlamydia outbreak of '72, Mr. Bulbas.
1: You know, Corey, murdering innocents is one thing, but betraying a friend is unforgivable, Mr. Grebo. Well, you know what? Fuck the customer, the bartender's shirt. There's no stopping the custodians of darkness from Willis.
0: Oh, I think that's a wrap.
1: Yeah, epic. Don't forget to tweet us at, at @Bmoviebros all one word and tell tell us which quote was the best and who won this episode of
0: Quote Wars. So, what else can we say about this movie? You know, one one thing is this movie, depending on where you look it up, some places say it was 2005, some places think say 2003. And what really happened is this movie was made in 2003 and had a very limited theatrical release and then it wasn't released on dvd until 2005 so that's why you get those conflicting views and then in 2013 there was a porno released that was the janitor it's a triple x spoof
1: so they actually made a porn version of this film like who makes the porn version of a low budget film like um i know they make um like breaking bad porn and like The Simpsons porn, things like that, but like the janitor, that's just there's a
0: Beavis and Butthead porn.
1: Well that doesn't surprise me either, they're well known. I mean there's a it's, family guy porn. There's an a... ET the
0: porno. There there's Las Tortugas Pinas, which is <laughs> the Ninja Turtles porn. It's a Spanish the Spanish porn.
1: one. <laughs> I mean come yeah. on. But the janitor, like um how many did like how many people actually saw this movie and like somebody actually saw this and like, you know what, this would make a really great porn like I that was not one of my thoughts watching
0: this well, movie I mean, at th- all. There is sex in this movie. I could see it working, but I, I don't know.
1: Still, it's like that's some that's some kind of mindset you've ha- you'd have to have.
0: Like I I don't even know what to say to that. So yeah, I mean, that's about anything else that we could say about this movie. So let's take a few minutes to go beyond the reel here, and talk about somebody behind this movie. And I want to ha- highlight Andy Signor, who he played the janitor and he was the writer and one of the directors for this movie. And he wrote the screenplay, and he wrote the um, original story of it. Oh, that's that's what else we could have said. This was actually based on a 2002 short called The Office is Closed, But Her Legs Are Open.
1: Yeah, I believe that was um, their, um, their final project when they were in film school. They went to, um, I believe it was... Um, went to uh columbia college in uh hollywood and um they um that was their final project and afterwards they thought you know we can actually make this and this character into a full-length movie so
0: and it worked for them yeah overall it was pretty good um annie signore was born august 15th 1979 in philadelphia pennsylvania and he was actually born on the same day that francis ford coppola's movie apocalypse now was released in theaters can't be a coincidence. I, I, it can't be. I refuse to believe. So he directed and starred in The Janitor the same year that he graduated from his college, Columbia College in of Hollywood, California, and he actually graduated summa cum laude in his in cinema. Um, he went on to mostly do TV and internet work as a writer and director. In 2007, he won the Best Spoof Award at the MTV Movie Awards. That's pretty impressive. Um he created several popular internet series, um Honest Trailers, Man at Arms, The Screen Junkie Show and Prank Bank. I love Honest Trailers. That's a really good one. I didn't know that was actually by him. That's... Yeah, he actually created that series and and awesome. directs a lot of them. And you can actually go to his website, it's andysignore.com and you can read all about his career. And you can even see his current resume if you want to hire him for something.
1: We may have to end up doing that at some point if we ever decide to make our own low-budget film. We're we're giving him a call.
0: Um, Also, if you try to check him out on IMDb, his IMDb biography was also written by himself.
1: There you go. Make sure that everything stays straight. So he gets around. Yeah, he's he's an impressive guy. He's pretty accomplished considering everything.
0: So, do we have any conflicts in this movie? um i don't think so not really um so we, we can't really I'd do a say... cinema conflict here so so let's okay, talk about
1: okay before oh. I, one thing with the cinema conflict i do have to criticize a few things for one reason i watched this movie with my fiance, and she didn't like the movie i loved the movie personally so i feel for her sake i should try i should find some things to criticize for this i still love the movie but on
0: behalf of her well you know what they're... i watched this movie with my wife and she liked this movie So we're going to battle as your fiancé and my wife. Husband to husband, we're going to battle here, okay? It's this this fucked up family situation. All
1: right, so my only problems with it were, and this isn't even a problem, it's, um, so you have Lionel. He's, um, this serial killer janitor. He kills people who piss him off. He kills hookers. He just kind of, he kills FBI agents who might, might um who have a sample of his semen that they found on the hookers um decapitated head Um uh, he just goes around ki- and killing people and so he's not a good guy by any means i mean he's got some mental issues like we, when he when he kills the hooker he like he just sees red and like lops off her head for no reason like this guy's got some serious like schizophrenia like bipolar um he's, he, he's got he's a whole textbook of uh problems and but like at the same point like we're also kind of made to feel for him like he's like the everyman like getting shit on by society but you can't really feel that bad for him because he's a murderer and so when miss in the movie mr grobo betrays him and ends up getting the job with the uh with the sorority house and then there's an epic battle and i'm like i want to root for lionel but He's not really a good guy either. Like, Mr. is a dick, but this guy's a murderer. Like, But
0: Lionel's straightforward. Mr. Grobo is a deceitful asshole. He tells these girls lies, even though he's telling some of the truth about Lionel. He's making things up. He tells them that Lionel whacked off on a dead FBI agent. That is a total lie. He only whacked off the agent. So you know what? Lionel's not the bad guy here. And he is totally relatable. I work in an office. And you know what? Sometimes people can be assholes just because they think they're better than you. And you can feel like how Lionel feels. So you can relate to him. And you can be like, that is an ideal situation because he, he kills them and he gets away with it. And he doesn't even think about it. It just, it just kind of happens that way. And that is why it's great. Even though, you know, even if you don't like the violence, even if you don't like the potty jokes, you can understand his feelings and why he would do something that that like that and be like i want to be that man someday you know what
1: just because he said that i'm going to put my psychology degree to work here okay so lionel is a murdering psychopathic um possibly schizophrenic um individual i'd say he's probably bipolar because he jumps from um being like real serene like well not serene but really slow spoken um then something just sets him off and he like goes crazy like that's got to be some kind of bipolar um um disorder some kind of like weird mood swings that he gets um and i think i'd say he's also, sexual frustration probably that too but um, i'd say he might be slightly um on the asperger's um level as well um he's i would definitely say this schizophrenia he um believes that with especially with mary who i don't think even knew what his name was who's supposed to be his love interest like at one point at the end of the movie she gets um kidnapped by um by um mr grobo and hillary yeah hillary um she gets kidnapped by mr grobo and the sorority uh, girls and she just doesn't know why the hell she's there like she's there as um as a ransom for to like uh, take advantage of lionel she doesn't know what his name is. She doesn't even know who he is. He was that creepy janitor he, she bumped into once, and then she quit the job. So, like, he's definitely, like, got some delusions of grandeur with that. He, like, sees things. Like, he has a whole fantasy about eating an arm while he's um, getting a blowjob from a hooker. Like, I would say if I had to diagnose him, I would give him bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and um, I'd say that he's somewhere on the autism scale. Now, Mr. Grobo, he's a little bit more interesting. I would actually diagnose him with borderline personality disorder. And for those who don't know, borderline personality disorder is when you believe that certain relationships are a lot deeper than they are. He believed that he and Lionel were a lot closer than they were. He had known Lionel for a while, but Lionel really was just kind of lived with him, and he was just a worker. It was his only friend, but they really weren't close. But Lionel kept saying how he wanted to be involved with him in his life, how he... Um, wanted to be involved with the murders He like really latched onto him That's very classic of, of borderline personality disorder Now when Lionel got the job for the um, At the sorority house Mr. Grebo's first thought was Well when do I start He didn't understand that Lionel was leaving without him, and therefore he felt betrayed. There was no reason for that, but that is classic borderline personality disorder. You believe that people are out to get you. You believe that people are out to betray you. You latch onto them, and then you throw them the wayside, and therefore Lionel became public enemy number one at that point. So it was just, he was ready to get rid of him. So that is my thoughts on this. They are both mentally disturbed people, and as somebody who has a degree in this, I work in the psychology field, I kind of feel for both of them. But neither of them was a good person. Like neither of them was a was a was a hero. They were both kind
0: of bad people overall. And this has been the first edition of Five Cent Psychology with Dr. Paul. Ooh, I'm just I'm just catching my breath there, man. That was I, I had to I had that to was intense.
1: Cool. I've got my built up uh, psychology um so, mojo since,
0: since we didn't have too much conflict, I, I want to talk about some something. Um. In unrelated news, so last night, as my wife and I are watching this movie, you know, we've got some some big windows, and we live in an apartment on the backside of a house, and we hear all this yelling out front, and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, amidst all this yelling, you hear, pop, pop, and then, like, silence for a second, some more screaming, and then, pop, 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 and at this point, I'm like, get down on the ground. And she's like, are you going to call 911? I'm like, is the door open? She's like, yeah. So I close the door. I get the windows closed. and I call 911. And the operator answers. And she goes, 911 emergency. I no, no, no. And I'm like, um, police? Because as a child and as a child educator, we teach our children that, you know, when you call 911, the first question they ask is, please state the nature of your emergency. Who do you need? Well, that wasn't her question. Because she reiterated to me, what address is your emergency at? And I was like, um, I don't know what address the emergency's at, but I'm at my address. And you know, I just heard gunshots outside. And she's like, Well, what did you see? And I'm like, thinking to myself, What did I see? I didn't see anything because I didn't want to get shot. So I tell it, you know, my windows are wide open. I heard you know yelling, then gunshots, and more yelling. I said, so, you know, I didn't see anything because I got down. And she's like, okay, well, how many gunshots did you hear? Once again, I'm like, what the fuck do you think I was doing here? I'm sorry, I was too busy not getting shot to count how many shots were fired. But then I, you know, being the kind, generous, courteous person that I am, did a little deduction in my head and was like, well, the average firearm that someone would carry has about 10 rounds in it, so... We'll say between 7 and 10. And she's like, Okay, we'll, we'll send a unit by to see if anything strange is going on in the area. And I'm like, something strange going on there? If I was calling 911 for something not strange going on in the area, like, why do you think I call 911, lady? Bitches be crazy. So, you know, I just, I, I don't know how to feel about calling 911 anymore.
1: And this is why the world needs more B-movies like The Janitor, because shit like that happens.
0: So, yeah. Well, let's get your final take on the movie. If you could give this a score out of 10. 1 to 10 on our shot scale. Now, remember, our shot scale is a reverse scale. It goes from 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. With how many shots do you need to get through this movie? Out of, out of 10, what would you say? I would give it a 3. Um, I didn't need that much, but I definitely
1: wanted to find reasons to drink watching this. Like It just kind of made it more fun. I mean... It was definitely, like, looking at it from the perspective of, like, how low budget it was and how, like, um, they just graduated from film school. They had no budget. I really enjoyed it, but it did have some problems, and it's just better to drink watching this movie. That's
0: basically it. I, I give this a 1. I mean, that uh, taking a shot with it just for fun makes it a little e- easier to get past the few little gripes that I have. But overall, I, I rather enjoy this movie. Yeah, it's definitely a fun um, time, to, time to watch it. So how about uh, justify your score, give us a little more reason, and in, in why? Um, in, in 90 seconds or less.
1: I'd say there were definitely um, a lot of situations where I kept thinking, the fuck, like, um, the part where um, Lionel Jacks off that guy while talking to Mr. Grobo was um, a little odd. Mmm, um, salty. Yeah, I mean, it was funny, but... Um, I mean, it was a little excessive, um, I don't know if I can say excessive with this movie, but, um, I guess it didn't really drag on, but there were definitely, like, um, because there were so many outrageous things in the movie, there were times where, um, when nothing outrageous was going on, it seemed like it was going on a little long, so I guess if they added a little bit more, like, outrageousness to it, um, there were definitely some great lines in it, but, um, I thought they were a little too spaced out, um, the ones that were great were fantastic um i still love the um bartender shirt um smoke crack and worship satan that was um that was pretty awesome um and yeah that's pretty much all i have to say on
0: that one well for my score one out of ten i have to say that the janitor is like an epitome of b-movies it has the over-the-top characters especially with the boss and the fbi agent there's unnecessary violence positively ridiculous and unbelievable storyline Um, With a few themed deaths like the scrub brush down the throat and a lot of machete kills, it blends originality with genre mainstays. And the jokes that come up, they're funny. And the actors and actresses know how to act or overact, at least. They deliver the lines as best as they can. You know, I give it a 1 out of 10 because it calls itself a comedy horror and it really hits on the comedy. But it has a lot of murder. So I really want to consider it a horror movie um because it's more comedy the blood the gore also the fact that about half the movie is bathed in in bare-breasted women blood and guts show that it really is a b-movie and it goes above and beyond the call of being a b-movie
1: yeah i just want to make one like one quick comparison of this um last um last week we watched feast which um i i did not like i'm sure everyone listening to this anyone who read our facebook page um notice that i did not like that movie very much even um, though i did yeah you did but that's not important but um what's what's important is i didn't like the movie and um basically um if i can compare that the janitor to feast a feast was a movie where they tried making something i felt like they were basically at a check mark uh a book where they were checking off like well people like aliens or monsters or people like this and they tried to make it a b movie when it was well, they tried making an a movie they disguised it as a b movie because they knew they couldn't pull it off and they didn't really know what they were doing they were trying to make it big with this they were just having fun they knew they didn't have a lot to work with and they so, said you know what? we're gonna make a film it's gonna be the best we can do and you know we're proud of this and It was nice watching the special features of it when they presented it to their college. um, They got a huge applause. Everyone liked it, and everyone had a great time. So this is what I could would consider a real B movie. This is what I go into, um, what what I expect to go into when I watch a B movie. Something fun, something that a few people with a very low budget had, and they weren't like, "Oh, we don't have a lot of budget. What are we gonna do? We don't. We barely have any money." They're like, "You know what? We've got enough. We're going to use what we have, and it will be fun. And we're
0: proud of this." and I have to praise that movie for this, for that. Well, enough about B-movies. I know that some people listening to this might not like the same kind of crap that we do. So we're going to go into something here we like to call A-movie companion, where we're going to give this movie a makeover, and we're going to tell you how it relates to an A-class movie. Yeah, for those so of you in who don't segment- know,
1: um, B-movies originally were a low-budget movie that actually came after an A-movie, so hence the
0: B-movie. So this is kind of the, compa- the um, accompanying one. So we're going to tell you why this movie is just, why this A-movie is just a different version of this B-movie we watched. So I believe that The Janitor is just the movie Golden Eye in disguise. Yes, James Bond, Golden Eye, 1995. And why do I say this? Well, here we go. James Bond and Janitor both start with the letter J. Both James Bond and Lionel kill people. They both have gadgets. Bond gets his from Q. Lionel gets his from a closet. They both have a quote-unquote hot co-worker. They both have a girl that dies after having sex with them. You know, Bond has his Bond girls. Lionel had a hooker, even though Lionel's the one that killed the hooker. She still died in the end. You know, they both were betrayed by a friend and colleague, Bond by Alex Trevelyan and Lionel by Cornelius Hornsby-Grobo. And that's why GoldenEye is just an A-movie version of The Janitor.
1: Those are some amazing comparisons, and now all I want to do is play GoldenEye for the n 64 i am going to, um... I call a... odd job. <laughs> there you go. Um... As, um, an A-movie companion, I'm going to say the movie American Psycho, because in that movie is all about, um, basically upper-class, um, American entrepreneurs, um, basically murdering people who are completely amoral, completely absorbed in themselves, um, of that kind of scale of society, like, committing murders, heinous murders, um, and, um, it was really social commentary on that. Now, this was about a, about a... A blue collar worker, a janitor, who um, was basically the lowest of the low. He lived in a uh, in a closet. He made terrible money. Anyone around murdering people. So if you take um, the social commentary of American Psycho as a criticism of the um, American upper class, the um, businessmen, the um, entrepreneurs, and such, this would be a, a um, commentary on the working class and how they are basically shat upon by. The others and how that affects them in almost the same kind of way. So I'd say that American Psycho would probably be um, my A-movie companion
0: pick for this particular movie. And I can see that because, you know, an A-class movie about upper-class people and a B-class, a lower-class movie about lower-class people, it it all goes hand-in-hand. I think it works pretty well. So the last thing we have to talk to you about is if you want to drink away the flick, drink away the flick come on and grab your drink let's drink away the flick this this is just some fun drinking games that Paul and I thought of while watching this movie I'll give you some then Paul will give you some so from me 1. every time someone dies take a drink 2. anytime there is a montage finish your drink 3. whenever someone loses an arm take two drinks Number 4. every time Mr. Bullabase mentions an STD take a drink and number five whenever this little light of mine plays take a drink as for paul whenever somebody
1: gets dismembered take a drink whenever there are boobs take a drink whenever there's just whenever you're just completely baffled by something going on whether it be um lionel jacking off an fbi agent or um at one point, um, Lionel pulls out of Robbie a, a fetus who he calls Little Robbie, and that just stuck with me. Or it's if like, you see the Powerpuff Girls in this movie, I actually did not notice that one, but I would definitely drink if I saw. Yeah, that's about it for the drink for um, drink away the flick. So that's how you can drink away this
0: flick. Now, if you want to join us next week, we will be taking a look at the 1996 patriotic slasher Uncle Sam for the special 4th of July weekend. So, until don't forget to follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, all one word, and like us on Facebook at bmoviebros. And until we meet again, be brave, be alive, and be back next week.